for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is October 11th, 2022, and today's guest is Alex Chop. Welcome to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and today is episode 240, and we've got a good one. we got a good story. This actually happened a couple weeks ago. Alex Shop went to Nebraska and actually killed just a giant um, in full velvet. So you, know, you might be thinking, like, oh, why do I want to listen to something in full velvet right now in early September? Um, but, and we're in October, but this thing, this is a really cool story and there's some good info about terrain and, you know, ag ground and how terrain coincides with the ag, um, to, to that Alex used basically to get on this deer. So this one's a good one, no matter what time of year you're, you're, you're hunting. So, um, and we can still kind of implement the tactics that Alex was using then to now, because as of right now, what I'm seeing is deer are still on food. The bucks are still on food. They're also really starting to dabble with scrapes, but uh, the bucks in my area are still kind of penned up together and they are on food as well. So it's, it's a good uh, episode just to, you know, a really good story, but also just there's some good info on this that you could be using right now. So, um, a couple of, a couple updates. We just got back. I actually just got back from you know upper lower northern upper peninsula, whatever you want to call it, at a deer camp and collectively collectively as a camp, we did awesome. It was a great time. Got to hang out with all the latitude guys and um, Kevin Vistason and and his crew. And there's a lot of good people up there, and we had a blast. So 
Uh, I will be doing a podcast, just an update on that. Probably do it on the season, the series I'm doing. And I will be getting more of those up here as I'm hunting, just because I, I haven't hunted, you know, since that trip, but uh, I'll be getting back into it as this cold front's coming here soon. I haven't had a lot of time to get out with work and then family stuff. I just, it's, you know, kind of, it is what it is. I got obligations. So I will be getting more of the season episodes up as well. So uh, partners, real quick, let's get into this. Helix Broadheads, guys, uh, go over to Helix, helixbroadheads.com. Check them out, order them. If you guys want to save some money, use the code FALLHX10 to save some money and get your broadheads. Next is Latitude Outdoors. Go to latitudeoutdoors.com and use the code the Fall Podcast. All one word, lowercase. Use that for any accessories that you want to get and classic two saddles. I've been talking to Alex. We are going to do a giveaway here soon for a, for a kit. So just trying to work out the details on that. Next is Exodus Trail Cams. Go get your render at exodusoutdoorgear.com. Also, Vector Arrows, use the code FALL10 at vectorcustomshop.com. Get yourself some arrows, save some money there. And last, but certainly last, not least, Garmin bow sights and watches. I just had some DMs. People are asking me what watch I'm using. I'm using the, or I have the Tactic 7 watch. And I really like it because I can cater that with apps and everything on there and weather. The weather is like spot on with it. Um, I can cater that to hunting. And what I mean by that is I'm looking at this right now. It gives me the high and low of that day. It gives me the barometer, whether it's rising or falling or staying the same by just by scrolling. Um, gives me the temperature, gives me the sunset and the sunrise. And like right now I'm looking at it, it says the sunset is going to be setting in five hours. So as I'm recording this tonight, it'll be setting at 706 and you can cater it however else you want, but they also do have a hunt fish app on here where you can click on it. It tells you the peak times and the second best time. So you can cater it however you want, but I really like that. I can cater it to hunting and how I hunt. So check them out at Garmin.com. Guys, I want to get into this episode. It's a really good episode. So here is this interview with Alex Chop. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Fall Podcast. And today I've got uh, a you know a frequent flyer now in the last couple uh, months. <laughs> Alex Chop from Latitude. Alex, thanks for coming back on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I uh, I can't believe I get to talk about hunting two times in a row with you. So I'm excited about that. I know. I got to shoot more deer so I can do this more. <laughs> We're gonna throw the gear to the side and just talk about hunting. I like that. Yep. Well, good deal, man. I we're gonna get into today a little bit about you know well, a little bit a lot about your Nebraska giant that you just killed a couple weeks ago. I know we're a little late to the game on it, but uh, that's my fault. And you know, Adam Miller from the Bowhunter Chronicles just had to snipe you before I did, so I didn't want those episodes to go out you know back to back. So, Adam, I hate you right now about it, <laughs> <laughs> but. No, it's good. He's and quick. He's quick. He is, man. He's quick to, and you know, he's probably got you on speed dial because you guys are good friends. So it's like I, you know, I, I yeah. couldn't get the text out quick enough. Yeah, yeah. So good deal. So I guess first and foremost, I mean, a lot of people know who you are, and especially people that are, you know, listening to this podcast, like they've heard you a couple times now. They know, you know, you're 
and I've said it before, like you're one of those guys that like is kind of a silent killer deal. Like, you know, you're known as the latitude guy, but I think like what a lot of people is when you start unpeeling that or the peeling that onion away, like you, like you're legit, like you're a legit hunter, legit killer, like, and you've killed some big stuff. So I like to keep peeling that back and that's what I'm going to do today again. And, you know, this is your first time going to like th- hunting this early whitetails, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the earliest I've hunted before this Nebraska trip was September 15th, you know, that week. And that was the Wisconsin opener. Okay. Um, so I, I very much so felt like a, a fish out of water on this trip. I mean, going into it, when we decided to go there, the first thing I thought was like, man, this is going to be hard. Yep. It's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough week for us. We're totally unfamiliar territory. We've never been out there. And on top of that, we are just very unfamiliar with that ag country stuff, which it was just a sea of ag. So. Yeah. And that's what, that's what's so tough about it. Not only the ag, but it's like hotter than the hinges of Haiti. There's bugs, there's you know, you're literally fighting to see a shooter buck at that last like 10 minutes of light. You know what I mean? Mornings, I'm not saying you can't hunt mornings, but they're kind of out. They kind of, it's just, I hate saying like you're doing more harm than you are good, but like, I mean, everybody says that, but in a lot of aspects you, you are, you know, was that kind of the same thing you had on this trip? You know, after the trip, I would probably agree with that. Going into it, I was like, I'm going to try and figure out some bedding and, and try and get in there in the morning. But I'll tell you, I I got up at two in the morning one day and um, got out there. I mean, I was walking in at 3 a.m. Wow. I, I bumped down. I, I bumped some bedded deer and, you know, in the beds that I was targeting. So maybe I was, maybe I picked a, the wrong bedding area. Who knows? Maybe that was a night bed that they were on, but still, if I were to, you know, next year or when we go back, I'm not, I'm going to be scouting in the, in the morning, Yeah. you know, glassing, scouting, and I'm probably not going to be sitting in a tree. Now, was that a little bit of like that mentality of, ah, I'm going you know, 12 hours away to hunt away from your family. Like I need to maximize my time. Was that more of that mentality coming through or was it just like, like, I really think I can get on a deer in the morning. I thought it was definitely possible to get on a deer in the morning, but at the same time, I also thought it was important to be in a hunting situation in the morning just to see what was going on. Mm -hmm. I mean, we really had no idea. We, we glassed in the mornings and the evenings and didn't have any luck like getting eyes on deer. Uh, not one time we didn't see really one, even, even, even a deer glassing, right. Not even a doe or anything. Um, and so, you know, I wanted to be out there in the morning to see what I could learn from that. Um, and, and I think I'm glad I did it. Um, but you know, moving forward, I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't do that again. I would go about it a little different. Mm-hmm. Now, what? why do you think your sightings were so like minimal? I mean, you're not seeing any deer. Was it just all the crop that was up and how hot it was? Like, what was the mixture there? I think that um, it was a combination of things. The crop was very, I mean, you got 
corn everywhere and beans, right? And the beans are <laughs> being a Michigan guy, like I've never seen beans like this, you know, beans that are up to your shoulders, mm-hmm. right? So even if there were deer out there, <laughs> which they were clearly eating the beans, but we wouldn't have even seen them probably. And we're using our like Michigan binoculars, right? To glassy <laughs> fields. That was another learning experience. I'm like, man, my eyes are starting to hurt, you know, and I'm like j- wiggling all around because I can't hold my binos steady. And so I think that there was some, uh, user error involved with that glassing but it was so hot and and i don't i just after hunting like i i don't think they were hitting those beans until dark really after seeing what they were doing yeah yeah i got you and so like was that, i mean i know kevin and jake Derek, and Corey went with you do you get how many other guys did you have with you on this trip um let's see so there was the the three of us Myself, Kevin, and Jake, and then Derek and Corey, who also work. Uh, they're also latitude guys, and then we had um, our buddies Thomas and Andrew there as well. Okay. So we had seven total guys, and six of those guys had tags. Okay. So. I got you. So, and was all your guys' mentalities or your your strategies kind of the same? Like, as far as your approach, how you were approaching different areas or trying to get in on deer in the evenings or in the mornings? Like, did you guys have the same kind of like, Hey, you know, dip your foot in here and, you know, try to find some, maybe get on some ag or some acorns that might be dropping early. Yeah. I don't know. Like I've never hunted Nebraska that early. I've never actually even hunted that early. So it's like, I'm just trying to picture what was going on in your guys' head when you guys were heading out there. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we were kind of hunting in pairs because we had, you know, three vehicles, right? Seven guys. So we were kind of hunting in pairs and it was, it was such a, um, just busy week and we were going so hard. Honestly, at the time we weren't really even talking to each other about what the strategy is because we were just moving so fast and Mm -hmm. you just don't, you don't have a lot of time, especially early season when it stays light so late. By the time you get back to camp, if you're going to hunt the morning, like, you know, you're going to get back to camp at 10 o'clock, you're going to eat something quick, and then you're going to uh, go to bed. At least that's how it kind of played out. Um, but I think we all had slightly different approaches to this. Like Kevin, for example, he loves to walk every inch of a property so that he can really dissect it and, and see, he likes to see it with his eyes. I re, I like to rely more on the map. Um, I, I don't like to bump deer, right? Like I don't, I don't really like the bump and dump thing and that's just because I'm not good at it. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just not a skill of mine. So I don't try to do that, but Corey, he was trying to bump a deer, right? So all of us had kind of slightly different approaches to what we were doing. Um, in terms of areas we were targeting like like how are we even deciding to walk a property it was it all revolved around that that ag for me it was a topography thing because the ag out there isn't like ag in michigan it's not flat there are very very significant elevation changes out there it's basically a system of you know creek bottom ditches mixed into ag so that was interesting to me. There was even some ag or some uh, topography in the ag. So like there were draws going into the ag. Mm-hmm. So 
you had to kind of figure out how to deal with that. And I ended up being kind of a key part of that. But um, so we all kind of had different approaches and, and we just covered a lot of ground. Like, so when you guys went out there, got out there, and you really started honing in on like day one. Let's talk about day one. You know, you get into camp, you get everything situated and everything. It's probably hotter than shit. Uh, you don't even want to probably be in the tent because it's probably so hot. I've been there. Kansas in October, dude, is like, can be bad. Uh, like we're in the tent, it's like 110 degrees and you're like, you can't even get in the tent and take a nap. Like there's just, you can't do that. So I'm like yeah. day one, you get set up and everything do you go out and glass that night and just, or you, do you drive the roads and just try to get a lay of the land? Like what was your approach there? Yeah. So I, I was totally expecting it to be very difficult to get on deer. So I decided to go out three days before the season started. Okay. I wanted three full days of scouting. So I left on, um, I left on Sunday. The season started on, thursday and it is a far drive out there too that was that was a that in itself was eye-opening i'm like man i can't believe how are we still driving but um so on that first day that we actually got into nebraska we got there in the evening and we just went into full-blown like cover ground and get our bearings see what things look like in person compared to what they look like on the map that's something that's always so important to me because you just don't know exactly what things look like on the map. You right. don't know what that vegetation is. You know, something that looks thick on the map might not actually be thick and things that look open might be thick. So mm -hmm. that was the first thing we did is we drove around. Um, we were going to glass that evening, but we were rushing to the spot. We wanted to glass and got pulled over. <laughs> so we, <laughs> So we did miss the first <laughs> evening of glassing, which didn't help. Who took that ticket? Um, <laughs> the, 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 the officer let us, he gave us a warning. He's a very nice guy. And, um, and I felt bad because Andrew was actually driving my truck because I was, um, you know, I wanted to be looking around. <laughs> and so I felt bad because we were rushing. But luckily we didn't um, get a ticket. So I got thank you. you to that that officer yeah so you get to so you couldn't glass the first night i mean what do you you said glassing didn't like really produce anything the whole time you were there so that's got to yeah. be a mental like blow to the chest i would think because like if you go if you go out there three days early and you're just like you're so giddy I would be anyway. I know that like first hunt of the year, you know, you're going from a state like Michigan to a state like Nebraska. That's just got bigger deer. I mean, let's call a spade a spade here. And, uh, you know, when you don't even turn up a deer, like where's your mental state at? Um, well, you know, I feel like I've had so many, so many, uh, failed attempts at doing things <laughs> hunting at this point that I, I, I didn't really think anything of it. Honestly, when I go to a brand new area, I, it's a three to five year process for me. I never expect to drop into an area and have it just go exactly as planned. You know, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, you know, we're coming from Michigan, going to Nebraska. It's, it's going to be easy out there. Right. And like, that is not my mindset at all. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I, we don't even know how to glass right i mean there's like a technique to that kind of and 
we've never even really glassed. <laughs> so it's like, I, it didn't really surprise me. I knew it was going to be just very difficult. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, then, so that first night we didn't get the glass. We grabbed a hotel that night because we were in a different part of the state. We actually had no idea where we were going to stay at this point. Oh, really? You're just going know. out there just hunting for a spot. We just, you know, we, I had half the state marked on my, on my <laughs> mapping app, you know? So I was like, we're just going to go out there and we need to just get a lay of the land and cover mm-hmm. ground. And so we stayed in a hotel and we got up early glass the next morning and, um, we didn't see anything again. And then we started scouting. We got on the ground. Um, and that first day we covered probably 10 properties. I mean, we went really hard. And um, and after that first day, it was just Andrew and I, and I think we were both a little defeated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it, it, for me, I wasn't necessarily defeated at that point, but it confirmed how difficult this was going to be after walking these properties because the sign isn't obvious right now either. And it's so dry out there that you can't really see tracks. Sure. So, you know, difficult challenges kept presenting themselves as we, you know, covered more ground and and soaked it up a little bit more. Um, So anyway, we went back and got camp set up um, that, that second day and the rest of the guys rolled in and we got organized and, um, uh, went on from there. When you guys were walking this, when you and Andrew are walking, you know, that day and, you know, leading up to the other guys getting there, did you ever come across any sign that was like, oh man, this could be all right. Like this feels a little bucky. I mean, here's maybe a couple rubs, maybe, you know, some good runways, like possibly a scrape, possibly, I don't know. Um, did you come across any of that sign where it's like, or train features, anything, anything at all? Um, there was a lot of, uh, terrain, a lot of topography that I thought set up very well. Um, we found no buck sign. The only buck sign that we found was a track. And I will admit it was the biggest track I've ever seen in my life on a dirt road that was so dry and so hard that, you know, it was basically cement. Yep. And, but other than that, we didn't see any rubs. We barely saw any scrapes. I think we saw a couple scrapes. I think we may have found one licking branch. So it was very barren in terms of sign, which, mm-hmm. you know, just, it, it was just, it was tough. Okay. So that's perfect because I think this is where 95 or higher percent of hunters get when they go to new areas is like, shit, like, they get a they get a, a heavy dose of humble pie, and it's like, yeah. mm, how do we do this? So, w- how do you get back to square zero, and how do you figure out what your next move is for the opener when you actually have a weapon in your hand? Like you're on a time crunch. It, I call it a time crunch because you're away from your family. You're out here invested a lot of money, and do I mean you're out there for content as well. Like you know, yeah, y- you want to get content, but you also want to be successful and like, there's all this stuff that's culminating. So to maximize your time, like what is your next move? What is your play? 
Yeah, so we, you know, we weren't seeing any obvious buck sign, but we were seeing intermittent sign deer sign, right? Mm -hmm. Like there were certain areas where you could tell deer were more concentrated. Um, and our goal was just to get our eyes on something. And so, um, we set a couple cameras, um, and we ended up on that first evening getting one time, one velvety time <laughs> on a camera that was on a bean field. So, Hey, that's something though. Let's go. I mean, little wins, right? <laughs> it's huge. It was, it was huge for us, right? Yeah. Cause we, we knew we were there or they were there. And, um, so we looked at how did that set up and we didn't have any information about where that, you know, we were hoping to find at least some direct, get a directional picture. Like, where is he coming from or where is he going? And all we got was this one time. So we didn't have any of that, but we did know that, and it was a good, you could tell it was a, a good buck. And, um, so we looked at how that property was set up and what we ended up finding out throughout the week was that these deer were a lot of them were bedding in the ag which is something we're just really not used to in michigan well at least we're not used to hunting that right we know that they do it but we're not used to hunting that mm -hmm. so um so that was the next step like what do we think why do we think that that buck is in that spot and let's go find 10 other properties that set up like that and, and walk them or set a camera on them or whatever. Um, and the interesting thing was about this spot is that it had, and we knew water was going to be important, right? Cause it was a hundred degrees out. But what we didn't know is like where in the priority list is water falling for the deer? Are they going to water first? Are they bedded on water or are they going to food and then water before they go to bed? Are they bedded on the, you know, we didn't know how that was laying out for the deer. Um, and initially we were focused on the food, right? Just like any normal early season, new, a new person going to hunt early season, right? They're going to focus on food right. probably. And, um, and we did the same thing and we ended up figuring out that food was not the key and water was the key. And um, that's what really unlocked things for us yep. was, was the water. Yeah. So with that water being, you know, maybe the lowest hole in the bucket or something, however you want to shake it, were you putting cameras on water and getting, you know, relying on camera data as well that way? We didn't put any cameras. Well, I shouldn't say that. I didn't have any cameras on water. I had cameras on ag. So I got probably five really nice bucks on camera. Now, None of them except that first one were at the place where we, <laughs> on the property that we shot the deer. <clears throat> but what we did find out is that the deer were in these areas by the beans late. I mean, they were there in the middle of the night and we saw them going back to bed into the corn at three in the morning. Right. I mean, like they weren't even, <laughs> you know, we weren't even in the ballpark. So literally we, ghosts. We, we, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we had, we had cameras in the area kind of close to water, right. But never on the water, which would have been interesting to, 
run one on water. I know some of the other guys had some on water and they actually ended up not, they didn't even get any deer on camera. Really? Yeah. So it was, um, just hit or miss kind of confusing, misleading information with the camera. See, you know, I know myself, I'd be careful with that camera stuff, right? Like I'm not seeing anything here. Does that mean that nothing's happening? Well, not necessarily. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so the cameras help to a certain extent, kind of either cross off areas or in in our circumstance, it confirmed that there was a buck in that area, mm-hmm. which was a huge help. So so let's start breaking down like your week then. Okay, so like night or day one of hunting, what did day one bring for you hunting wise starting in the morning? If you sat in the morning, like what, what did it look like? Yeah, so we went out opening morning, and what I wanted to do is set up in this uh, this drainage ditch that had a pond at the bottom of it, and the pond was pretty hammered with deer tracks, so we knew that they were using it. Um, and we also found they had these; there were secondary ditches coming off this main ditch, and at the top of one of the secondary ditches, I found this just actually. There were beds on three parallel secondary ditches coming off this main one. And we had the right wind for those points. So I figured I would go and set up below those points and try and catch something coming from the water back to bed. Jay hooking the bed. Okay. Were these ditches and, were these ditches timbered ditches? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It yeah, not not big timber, you know, not like Ohio ditch, mm-hmm. but kind of scrubby, extremely thick ditches. Yep. Um, and uh, so anyway, we hunted that morning. We had some, it was like a little drizzly rain, actually. Um, still very warm. Uh, and the wind, we had the right wind, but in the ditch, something really interesting was happening. And we were at the bottom of the ditch and the, the wind was actually or the air from the bottom was actually drawing back up the ditch to the bed. <laughs> so I'm like, well, that's, you know, <laughs> that's not ideal. You're right. Um, like he's clearly not going to come down here to yeah. check his bed if, right. if everything's drawing back up there, which I've actually never seen that before. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, anyway, so that morning was a total bust. We busted a couple deer walking in, but that was it. And the deer we busted walking in were bedded in the middle of a field. So, you know, that morning was, you know, a, hit us in the face a little bit right like, right that that wasn't the right move so um, bumping those deer in the field though were you thinking like shit maybe all these deer are bedding in the field and how am i gonna get them where i can hunt them kind of thing oh yeah absolutely i mean i because these fields it's like big crp fields right so they could be anywhere in there you unless you're stalking around I mean, I, I don't know. It's going to be very difficult, especially with our experience level in that scenario. So, um, I was worried about that. Um, so after that morning hunt, I'm like, I got to find, I got to find a deer that's using one of these ditches. Right. Cause if I don't, I'm going to have, it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. So, um, and there wasn't a t- and I hadn't been in that ditch that we hunted that morning. So, after, you know, it got light, we hunted and we got down and I looked around and there just wasn't really any deer activity down there. And 
so that was obviously eye-opening it wasn't like let's abandon that but it changed things a little bit right for sure yeah and then i'm 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 guessing with the thermals and in that wind sucking back up that drainage that's also got to be like a mind screwy deal too where like how do you you know you you look at the forecast and you might be getting that same wind the whole week and you're like well this ditch might be out like i might not be able to like they're bulletproof bedding like how do you how do you deal with that uh yeah i mean abandon that bedding (laughs) (laughs) i mean well this this was bulletproof bedding right and like and we knew that it might be just like he was right on the edge of a bean field bedded and like right under this lip it was just it was a perfect scenario for him Mm -hmm. i mean this bed was just carved out i mean into the dirt so you know we just moved on and we started covering more ground after that um we so after that hunt we got out and then we covered another piece that was close by there and hug a camera there and um and then we went back, we got some lunch, and then we headed back out for the evening uh, in a different spot. Um, and the evening was very similar to the morning. Didn't see a thing. The whole, the whole group. <laughs> There's a trend the starting had, here. <laughs> not one of us saw one deer on opening day. Wow. Except for the ones we bumped walking in. Right. But those, you know, that was a, that was a loss. So. Yeah. Um, so opening day for the group was a big, like, you know, slap in the face, humbling, like we're going to have to really work hard to figure this out. We got a lot to learn out here. Um, so, so I mean, day one, it's a, that's a hard one. So you're probably back at camp, maybe drinking some barley pops, <laughs> thinking, yeah, <laughs> trying to regroup with everybody. What do we do? Day two, did you hunt day two morning then? Yes. Yep. I hunted the morning. Um, and that second morning, um, and I hope I'm somehow I'm already forgetting the details of this trip, but, um, the next hunt I can remember, which is I I think the next day, um, we ended up going into a, a Creek bottom. And, um, the thought there was to, we need to see if we need to be on the water. Right. Right. And we actually, we had a good hunt that day. Um, we went in there, we, uh, bumped a, a nice deer that was, could have been a buck, right. On acorns and the acorns were just like perfectly just starting to drop. Okay. So my mind immediately went to let's find some acorns and we saw some deer driving around, uh, the night prior kind of in areas with oaks that we knew that there were oaks there because we scouted those areas. So that was the idea that next morning was like, can we get into some oak areas that are by some water and and see if they're, they're feeding on those during the day before they go out to the fields. And you know, Um, what materialized that morning, nothing really then. So we had a, a decent morning. We actually saw, I think six does that morning you know, moving through throughout the morning until probably 9am. Okay. And, um, and then that Creek bottom, it was so dry out there that the creeks were actually mainly dried up and there would be little sections of the Creek that still had water in them. And, um, 
those creek bottoms were pretty hammered with deer tracks. I mean, um, so we liked that obviously. And, um, and we thought we might come back to that. Um, and I'm trying to remember that next evening. So we got out of there and actually I can't believe I'm forgetting this. We got out of that Creek bottom hunt and there was this spot. It was the only swampy looking spot I found in the entire state of Nebraska, <laughs> at least we're <laughs> in the area we were in. Yep. And I'm like, man, I want to check that out. Cause I got feel at home. I'm like cattails. <laughs> a <laughs> That's little a comfort. familiar. Sight. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, we get done with that morning hunt and I'm like, all right, guys, I'm going to, um, I'm going to take, I, I got a traditional bow to try out. It was like my activity for when we had the, the newborn, right? Yeah. Like I couldn't do anything. So I would just play with that. I'm like, so we're having a tough time. So I'm going to take that bow and I'm just going to walk through the swamp and see if I, I can walk up on something. And, uh, man, it was funny. The first little thicket that I walked up to, there's this small six point in there and he's just <laughs> rubbing all the velvet off of him. I'm like, all right. And I'm like, Oh, I'm shooting. This Burn the sure. hand here. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this is tough out here. I'm shooting this thing. And, um, he's got velvet and blood hanging off him and all this stuff. It was, it was so cool. I've never, I mean, I've never seen a deer in person doing that. Right. So I'm like, that alone was a big win for me. Yep. He has no idea I'm there. It was amazing. It was, I was 15 yards away from him just watching him and he had no clue. Cause you know, he was dealing with his, his velvet and he kind of works his way and he actually worked his way out of that thicket going to another thicket and gave me a shot. <laughs> and I had my, and I had my phone, of course, you know, we had Derek, who's our camera guy with us. And, and he wasn't with I you. Had, <laughs> no. Well, so the idea was like, I'll walk through and maybe bump something to you guys. So I had him stay with Andrew. I was like, there's no way I'm going to walk up on something, right? Let alone get a shot. And of course it, it just so easily happened. But, um, so I ended up taking my phone and I, cause we are out there for this whole content thing that we have going on. And, uh, I try to film on my phone, holding it in my bow hand, like the hand that I'm holding with my bow. <laughs> it was just a total disaster too. It, like my phone was a little bit too high and the arrow just like, I mean, I probably would have missed it anyway because I'm not the best shot with that, but um, I just, you know, I just, my arrow just and goes off the top of my phone and just like slings like six feet over this deer. Oh. I'm just like, oh. Well, all right. Well, that was fun. At least we saw some deer. We're in a moist. Um, we're in them. <laughs> yeah, we're. That's exactly what I told them when I got out of there. Oh, I was like, gosh. "All right, the first arrow has flown. You know, the cat's out of the bag." Oh. Um, so that was fun to have a little action, and it was interesting to see him bedded down in that because, like, that was a totally different little pocket of terrain, like lowland swamp and it was a dry there was no water in it mm -hmm. but it was cattails so um that was a, a fun little break during the day did that did that open any doors for you though did that like open your eyes of okay maybe we need to hone in on this little pocket now it it, it didn't just because i couldn't find any other properties that were like that i mean it was the only 
little swampy swale that I could find on public. Yeah. Like for miles. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it didn't necessarily open the door in, I walked through that and the only gear in there was that little six point. I'm telling you, this was one of the smallest six points I've ever seen. Did this was impressive, even for Michigan, how small this six point was. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what the heck? I thought, you know, we're in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That big six points out here. But um, so it, it didn't really change anything for me, to be honest. It was only it was just a little bit of mental relief to sure. have some action. Yeah. Um, but um, and then that evening things started to really turn around for us just in general. And, and things started to make a little bit more sense. So um, the day before that, I forgot to know one of the scouting days, I'm sorry. We walked into the property that I hunted opening morning and we picked up this buck that was bedded in this low spot in the CRP field in between two cornfields in a Creek bottom. And um, so, so that setup was interesting and, and we felt like there's definitely bucks bedding down in that corner or there were right. Cause we kicked one up, but, um, and it was a small buck, but we figured there might be some bigger ones back behind him. Um, and so that evening after, you know, I uh, still hunted that six point, we went to that spot and we went there to do an observation hunt to see if we saw any bucks get up out of that corner and move to the beans. You know, were they coming out of the corn there or were they coming out of that corner? That was the goal for that observation set. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What was the corner? Like, what did it all look like? It was... So it was a big CRP field that dumped down into a creek bottom. And then, um, you know, adjacent to that corner. So you had CRP and then adjacent to the CRP fields, you had corn on both sides. Okay. Um, And and then on one side of the corn, uh, you had a a big bean field. And we had a camera on that bean field and we got um, a couple nice bucks out there on that camera. Um, so that, I mean, that corner was, it was a gorgeous corner. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really was. Um, Any trees on it where you could think you could get into a saddle setup right there or something? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we actually, so the next morning we did try that. So anyway, so that evening we hunted, we did an observation sit watching that corner and we had a great evening. We saw four or five does not coming out of that corner but we had four or five does come out of the corn. We had two bucks, one of which was a shooter come out of that corner and walk the downwind edge of that corn to the beans. 
Um, and then we had another buck come out of the corn, which we were sitting on. It's really hard to describe this without a visual, but, um, we had another big deer come out of the, the corn and, um, he actually winded us. So, um, just, we had a great evening, right. And we felt like we were figuring out what they were doing. Heck yeah, man. Um, I mean, that's two shooters and a, and a handful of does. That's an unbelievable night. Yeah. So that day, right. was a big day for us. We had all that action in the morning with the does. We saw all the, the sign, which we hadn't seen really any sign in that Creek bottom. We had the little entertainment during the day with the six point, <laughs> the circus came it, to town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, and then that evening we had just a, um, what I would consider an actual like calculated successful hunt, right? Like they did exactly what we thought they were going to do. Um, and that's, that was the goal. That's always the goal for me. Like I need to get something to do what I think they're going to do. And then you can kind of extrapolate from there and move out to different areas and just find that same exact setup. Okay. So now like after that evening, you're thinking I need to jump in that corner, right? I mean, yeah, in the morning. Yeah. So like, what was the wind when you saw the bucks or that buck working the downwind side of it? Like what was your wind setup? We had a, a south wind. So the, the, the wind was actually coming. It was coming south to us. Um, so the wind set up great for us, right? Compared to that, that corner was upwind of us. Okay. So he was, he wouldn't have winded you if you got where you were at then. Is that what you're saying? Where we were sitting that evening, we were totally bulletproof from that corner gotcha. and we were far enough i mean we were far from the corner right because i wanted to make sure my our thermals didn't drop down in there too Mm -hmm. so um we were far back and just kind of glassing it really um and all of the deer or all the bucks they both bucks we saw but even the the bigger deer that we saw that winded us he ended up coming out of the corn, but I think he was coming out of the corn to the edge to move down to the corner into the wind. And they were all walking that downwind edge of that corn out to the beans. Gotcha. Um, so, so that's how the wind played out. And then that next morning, right. We said, well, let's get in there and try and set up on that corner and catch something coming back to bed. And, um, the only problem with that morning was the wind totally flipped overnight. And I don't think that's what screwed us up, but that's the morning that we got up at two in the morning, right? And walked in there and bumped deer at 3 a.m. bedded down. Mm-hmm. So now the night before that morning, so the night after you had the good sit, you're sitting in camp, probably checking weather apps and stuff like that. When you see a, a wind switch like that, what, did it ever cross your mind to be like, wow, well, maybe I shouldn't try it? because that wind might be iffy or I won't know unless I do try it. Like how was your, your thought process there? Um, I didn't have a lot of faith in that working really. Um, and I figured that I think my thinking with that morning was look, if the wind shifts, cause the wind, we didn't know the wind was going to shift. Okay. You I mean, didn't we, know. Okay it wasn't a planned, it wasn't a planned shift, but it did end up shifting that day, um, that morning. And 
So, but but my thinking, I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about the win, right? Like I just wanted to get in there and see if if something would come in there, um, and, and I wasn't totally worried about that because if we had another south wind in that corner, they were probably going to bust us anyway if we were right on the corner. Gotcha. So I was just hoping, I was just hoping that something would still bet in there on a slightly off wind, and I think that morning we had it was supposed to be like a west wind or it was, you know, I guess we could probably should have seen that it was moving, but it wasn't a south wind again. Right. Okay. So then um, that morning, how'd that transpire on that sit? We didn't have any action whatsoever. Yep. Um, but I also think every deer in the area knew we were there. <laughs> After Maybe. bumping deer and walking in early and yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, and, and I wasn't, I didn't take the time to actually look at the deer. Like we lo- we walked up on deer and they were bedded there, like looking at us. Right. <laughs> and I tried to, yeah, this was just stupid. It's like, obviously I'm not gonna be able to walk right by the deer, but I didn't want to sit there and look at them. Right? right. So I just kept moving. But, and I don't even know how many deer were there, but we just, our entry was, was very poor. We'd never been down in that Creek bottom and we didn't know we had to find a tree in the morning. The trees are just terrible out there, by the way. That's tough. Um, so the morning was a disaster. It wasn't a good hunt. Mm-hmm. I mean, just in general. Um, but the nice thing was we got down into that corner. It got light. We looked down below us and there were just beds everywhere. <laughs> I mean, big, big. <laughs> Like, call the boys we're uh, in them fellas hello. we're in them <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's like well hey, a couple years from now they'll come back to you so but, uh you know but that that little that that's still a win for me right yeah. like it, and it'd be nice to do that while you're scouting but if we scouted down in there we would have kicked everything out anyway for so sure. it, it really doesn't it really doesn't uh discourage me to have a hunt like that because like they it's most obvious bedding ever i mean big big beds just all over the place probably does too but um so that was that was cool to see that didn't really tell us anything right for the rest of the trip for the most part we didn't end up targeting anything like that we did have some uh, andrew on the last day after i shot my buck he went in there for an evening to see if he could get one of those bucks coming out of the corn. And he did, he saw, he got his eyes on a really, really nice buck. Okay. Sitting in that corner. Yep. Okay. So that morning, you know, you kind of blow out the County <laughs> getting in yeah. there. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what's your pivot for the afternoon then? So we got that wind shift and mm-hmm. that was the key. And, and we were really waiting for that wind shift to go back into that spot where we got that one time. Okay. Okay. On camera. Um, so the wind switched back to a North wind and we're like, and I got another buck on camera that morning too, going into the ditch. So I'm like, look, wind shifted. It's on tonight. We need to go into that spot. Mm -hmm. And, and that's exactly what we did, um, for that evening. Um, and that night, so I lost my release uh, <laughs> during all of this, and which is just like uh. upsetting, right? It's like, <laughs> oh god! And so I had my backup release, and um, man, it screwed me up 
and 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 that's why you got to two of the same release like what kind of why would i have a backup release that's different than my regular Dude, release that i have make a backup sense. that's different than my regular release if my regular release goes down i'm a gong show i can just tell you right now <laughs> well, the, the dang releases are so expensive right i know like i had one of those nice um stand whatever releases and so that's why my backup was different because i don't you know it's expensive to have two of those and but man i'm probably gonna have two moving forward because i was missing it i was missing the target at 20 yards <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean i mean like oh my it was and i had new arrows just like i was kind of a mess right i was just last minute for the trip and so i had to tweak my whole bow setup before going you know before going in that evening I was shooting. I was missing it 20 yards. I finally got it, like, kind of dialed in. And uh, so we're like, oh, hell, let's let's go. We'll let's give fine. her a try. <laughs> and, yeah, let's give her a whirl. And um, so we went up to that spot. And this spot was at the corner of a bean field uh, in between a ditch that ran into uh, Milo or sorghum that, w- that was butted up to corn. And – um, we set up, we're in this wonky tree. I'm actually tying down branches to make shooting lanes with like some stick straps. So that was interesting. Um, I was barely even in my saddle. I was kind of standing on a branch for this hunt too. And, um, you know, those, uh, those cicadas out there, like the loudest oh. things in the world. I don't know if you've, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's intense. So, but it seemed like that's like a deer, like dinner bell or something because those things started to scream and i mean they're so loud it's like deafening yes it it gives you a headache almost and so that was happening and then um we had some does come out of the milo and uh hop the fence onto the public and work their way into the ditch and then shortly after that um probably a half hour so derek who's you know he's six eight feet above me so he has a totally different uh, view at this spot and the way this set up like I was tying down branches right I had this little tiny shooting window that I could shoot out of and see out of really I could barely see anything and all of a sudden he goes hey big buck big buck I'm like where <laughs> <laughs> I've been there <laughs> I I hear what you're saying but I'm not seeing anything direction so but I didn't I didn't know how close the buck was I didn't know so I started looking at his camera, right, to see what he's looking at. And I could see the general direction, but I had no idea how close he was. So I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to spook him if he was right there. So I just sat there and watched and waited and waited and waited. <laughs> and it seemed like it just, I'm like, where is this buck? And I can tell that he's still looking at it. Yeah. Right. And so I know he's still over there. And all of a sudden, I see times jumping over the fence. And this buck move right through my window and oh. I draw and shoot just like I have a traditional bow. I mean, it was like, boom, he's there. <laughs> and I, like, I knew that he was going to come through there. I just didn't know when. Right. So I was ready to draw and shoot. And, um, and I missed shot right over him. And, um, I didn't have time to range or anything. It was an open area. Um, so anyway, I guessed on distance and I missed, it was just, I totally screwed it up. Right. And it was a little bit of buck fever and, um, 
it just happened so fast. I didn't even try and stop him because mm-hmm. it was this little tiny window and I just, um, I just rushed it and I missed. So that was a very eventful evening, obviously. And it was a nice buck, you know, 130 inch, yep. just nice buck. I would have loved to have shoot him. Um, but like I told the guys, like, listen, I only miss for a reason. <laughs> cause that was the second, that was the second, uh, cause that was the second deer I missed of the trip. <laughs> so, and, uh, so Derek's looking at me, this is the first time we've hunted together. Right. So like, he's not really sure how I react to like missing a deer. And I just, and you know, I kind of look up and smile at him. I'm like, well, <laughs> at least we, uh, had some action. Second arrow is flown. <laughs> and I just cracked up because like Derek looked at me after after this. He's like, "Dude, I was kind of nervous. Like, I didn't know how you were going to react to missing that deer." <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, what are you going to do, right?" Like, you got to give him shit for yeah. not giving you good directions where he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. So, um, at this point, I mean looking back, I'm glad I missed him. Right. Right. Yeah. The other, I wouldn't have had the chance at the other deer, but, um, so that was, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And at that point I felt like I, I, I felt good about what was happening and I, I felt good about understanding what these bucks are doing. And to me that really, um, identified or showed us that they were prioritizing water over food. Like they were going to water and then to food, gotcha. which is why we struggled in the beginning because we were so focused on food that we weren't taking time to like, we probably should have glassed some water, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and, um, but after that encounter, I felt good about it because there's several different spots that set up like that out there. And, um, there's actually a parallel ditch to the North that sets up literally exactly like that and um and uh, that's where we ended up going the next day and ended up you know well let's get into that before you uh yeah let's get into that so you probably didn't hunt the 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 next morning right next morning we didn't hunt you didn't want to lose another release i'm guessing you didn't want to blow all the deer around so um, well, I was running out of broadheads. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> arrows, broadheads. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is what it yeah. is. Uh, so yeah. you go into the next evening. You jump over, you know, another ditch, right? Another parallel ditch. You said, or drainage? Yeah, yeah. So the next day, we didn't hunt the morning. We, um, I can't even. I think we went and looked at some other properties, but we kind of just took a break. We're pretty beat at this point. Oh Keep yeah. In mind, this is day seven I for think. you anyway right yeah well yeah and well most of the groups day six for some of the guys mm-hmm. but everybody's been out there for a while it's hot and, um so we took a break that morning because we knew exactly what we were going to do that evening and um and, and that's what we did we and we had never been down into that corner you couldn't see it from the road it was always like man, I really want to see what's going on in that corner, but let's leave it untouched. You know, kind of going back to that, like different differences in style between some of us, right? For me, I don't mind if the map looks good. I don't mind not seeing a spot in person if it sets up right. Um, So we left that untouched and uh, we went in there that next day and we had a, um, 
we had an east wind that day. So you're in the corner, so, right? The corner that you guys observed the night, two nights prior. We we know this is a different spot. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, so we uh, we had an east wind that night, and the ditch ran east and west. So all we were trying to do is target travel from ag to water or vice versa. We knew they were moving between those two because they were betting on the water. They were betting in the ag. So we were just trying to jump them in between. And it just so happened that this spot had like the most beautiful pinch point I've ever seen. It was in the middle of two like cow pastures, right? So like if a deer is going to cross the field, it's, it's probably going to come close to there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just perfect. And it was at the low spot in the field and the ag rose back up on one side. And then the pond was higher than us on the other side. So scent wise, we were almost bulletproof down there. Um, so that just worked out perfect. And, um, so that hunt was extremely slow though. We didn't see a deer. We didn't even hear a deer. Um, the only action we had was some cows trying to break out of their, their, their area. Mm -hmm. They were just banging on this. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> it's like getting to prime time. And all of a sudden we hear this like fence banging and we look over and there's just a group of cows trying to get out. And we're like, well, <laughs> all right. Yeah. They're get ready to pack it in. But, um, and then just like the night before, all of a sudden it's getting, you know, it's getting to last light. And all of a sudden Derek says, big deer, big deer. He couldn't <laughs> tell if it was a buck or anything. I'm like, Oh, oh here we go again. <laughs> looking at and, the camera uh, lens. Like where the hell are you looking? Yeah. Yeah. But this time I, this time, fortunately I could see the deer. Mm -hmm. Thank God. And so I had a lot of time to kind of figure out, well, it seemed like a lot of time to figure out what I was going to do and range him and all that stuff. And it was interesting because he actually came running down the hill in the middle of this grass field, came running down the hill to the bottom of the hill, to the corner where we were set up. And he started just kind of walking and grazing on grass or clover. Um, so I ranged him. He was at like 46 and he was kind of angled away from me. And um, I stopped him and I ranged him again. And then he, took a couple more steps and I stopped him again. And actually Derek and I both stopped him that second time. Oh, really? I think Derek was more nervous about me not stopping him, but, um, and, uh, he was at 48 and, you know, with my bow troubles, I'm like, well, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I had time to, you know, really focus on the shot. Mm -hmm. So I, I did feel good about the shot and, um, so I let it fly and smoked him in the heart and he was dead 40 yards away. And so that all, uh, that part of the trip was as smooth as it could have been. Right. Um, but that's yeah, crazy. Up, up to that point. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Like what, what time was that in the evening? Uh, it was probably eight o'clock. I mean, I think the sun was setting. I think the end of shooting light was like at eight. 20 830 okay. out there um so it was you know right around eight o'clock give or take 10 minutes but it was 
it was late, you know, it was really late. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. Like it's, you know, those early hunts are that last half hour, 45 minutes of daylight. Like that's what you're looking to get into. Like you said, it was slower and shit that night. And then out of nowhere, here comes a 160 inch deer that's just running into your life. And it's like, Oh wow, here we go. Game on. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, you're probably better off going in late during that time of the year. It's one thing that I learned because then you can use the like thermals to your advantage and stuff. And the wind usually dies down. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's um, a little bit easier to, to deal with if you go in a little bit later. Um, and I don't think you're missing anything, especially when it's 90 degrees out. Yeah. Yeah. That's But you always have that thought too. Like, are the deer going to start moving a little earlier? Should I beat them in there? Like, what should I do here? And it's just like, cause we did that and, Kansas a couple weekends ago with my boss I was filming him when it was a two day he was only there for two days uh muzzleloader hunting and it was 103 degrees both days wow and he's like well it gets day- dark at like 7 30 or something like that he's like we'll get in about 5 30 get su- situated by six and it honestly both nights it was like we didn't have deer rolling in and we were hunting water I mean it was all water that we were hunting because that's what the deer were wanting you know and it was just the last 20 minutes it was like that's when the deer started filing through so yeah uh, yeah they um yeah it was interesting because the bucks that we were seeing they were all doing the same thing and this is a little bit different than what we're used to here in michigan because we don't have open country but the bucks were all getting up out of bed and they were using the wind to get to a certain spot where they could see like see an open field buck on the first night was getting to was going to the corner right to see the big open crp and then move downwind of the corn totally bulletproof and then um the buck we saw the second buck we saw that i missed the reason it took him so long to get to to us right is he ended up he, he used the wind to get out of the ag where he was bedded and he got to this high point where he could see the bean field and he sat there. I mean, Derek said he was just sitting there that whole time. And then once he decided it was safe, boom, he moved. And that's why he was moving so quick gotcha. through our area, right? And then the buck that I ended up shooting did the exact same thing. He was bedded on the water. He stood up and he looked down in this big open field, was like, ah, looks good. And he ran through the open area down to that corner and then stopped. So that was a big learning experience for me, right? Because we always focus on bedding. Like how does that bedding set up? Does it set up for the wind? Does it have the right cover? And, and that's important, but yet you have to have the right bedding set up with a path out of bedding that's favorable for the deer. If you don't, if you have the best bedding point in the world, but there's no safe path from bed to destination for that buck, it's not going to be good betting for that buck. And that's something I'd never thought about until this Nebraska trip, until it was shown to me in yeah. person on this Nebraska trip. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I've never really thought of it that way either. Like, you know, I don't know, using it's it when you explain it, it sounds right. You know what I mean? And he's just, they're just 
watching their butt, to be honest with you. I mean, they're just making sure they're safe the whole way. They just didn't see two tree ninjas in the tree. <laughs> got to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, know? yeah. Cause if you think about it, like they can't walk into the wind at all times, they can't right. cover themselves with scent at all times. So they right. have to have some other form of defense and it's going to be visual or noise. Right. And, um, so that, that was just eye opening to me. I mean, if, if you got the best betting point in the world, but no, no path out of that, that's safe for the deer, he's not going to like to bed there. Mm-mm. So, um, you know, I will say something too, to kind of combat that, like all the ag around me here in Michigan, um, I hunt a lot of ag and I, I observe a lot of ag cause I live around it, but bucks will more than not, they will walk with the wind at their back. And the reason being, in my my opinion, is because they can visually see. Um, they're yeah. they're and like you said, you know, they can't always have the wind to their nose. They can't always have that. So like, if he needs to get over to this timber from this timber, and he knows he needs to be over there, honestly, it's like there's a lot of times I scratch my head and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? walking 400 yards across a wide open bean field with the wind to your back. And it's like, look at him though. He can see all the way around him, you know? And honestly, the wind at his butt is probably beneficial because he can still smell if anything's kind of coming up his trail, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I've just, I've never really thought about that, thought about the path out of bed. And I mean, if you think about it, that's more important because you're cut, you're not shooting them in their bed most of the time. Right. Hardly ever. A low percentage of people are doing that. And so. you're, you're never shooting them out of their bed. You're never like shooting them in their bed in the evening, especially when you're trying to catch them getting up. So, um, anyway, that's something I'm going to pay attention to a lot more moving forward is like, wh- where are they trying to get to and how are they going to get there yep. visually? and you know sent and was sent like how are they going to get there safely so for sure well cool man i'm going to wrap this up i greatly appreciate your time here we're a little over an hour and um yeah i know you i mean we're recording this before we do our little uh this will go in podcast world this will go live after we had had our little rendezvous together but we're going to share camp together here in i mean literally a week like we're going on a public land hunt and I'm excited for it, man. I can't wait. Yeah. That's going to be a, that's going to be an interesting hunt in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think it gets any harder than Northern Michigan on October 5th, uh, you know, with a full <laughs> moon, I think. So, I mean, that'll be really, that's going to be a challenge, but that's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of yeah. good, great people in camp. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yep. Agreed, man. Well, thank you very much. Uh, and everybody, you know, if they want to see your hunt will be coming out, uh, in due time. So you'll get to see it eventually. So sorry, you don't have a release date for that. I know that, but, uh, um, yeah, for anything latitude, where can you send everybody to, to get, you know, any latitude gear and, and stuff shipped to them or bought and all that stuff, hit them with it. Yeah. Everything. Um, you know, the website is probably the, the catch all for, for all of our gear and, and content um, and uh, YouTube as well for any how to videos and things like that. We also do have several dealers, um, which is a cool opportunity if you want to try a saddle before you buy it. 
a lot of these dealers are set up so that you can do that. Um, we have a dealer locator on the website too. So if you want to find one close to you, you can use that. And um, otherwise the normal social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, we're on there too. So reach out to us anytime. We, we love hearing from everybody. Awesome, man. Well, thank you very much. And I know we'll do this again soon. All right, cool. Thanks, Aaron. And there you have it, guys. Thank you, Alex, for coming on and doing this again. I mean, Alex, I could, like I said, I got to spend, you know, four or five days hunting with him the last this last week. And I'm going to tell you what, Alex is on a different level. He just gets it, man. He he knows what he's doing. He's very very strategic, and he knows when to strike. And he just he just gets it. He he's just a really good whitetail hunter. So thank you, Alex, again, guys. Go over to all the partners, support them. And uh, I appreciate it because they support me. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, and leave a written review. And always good luck the rest of the season. And we'll be right here next time on the Fall Podcast. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.